Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. What's Wagner's rule of life number four? Nothing good happens outside a strip club at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry, I understand I might be like a dog with a bone on this, but this is just fundamentally wrong. It is an insult, but let's tee this up. The Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 414-799-1620. I'm sorry, I think this is absolutely ridiculous. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. Let's not bury the lead. Uh, the Miller the Mueller report is out. It is two volumes. It is 400 and probably 40 pages plus the appendices. I, I scanned it. I, I spent about 45 minutes of my life that I desperately want back reading through this. Here is the bottom line of all this. No charges against the president. No conclusion as to whether threatening to fire... Jeff Sessions firing James Comey. No conclusions as to whether or not that constituted obstruction of justice or not. And now the matter is in the hands of Congress. The question becomes, do Democrats proceed to try to impeach the president or alternatively, do we just let this matter drop at this point in time? My fondest wish for this country is for the love of all that is good it's time to move on. Our number, 414-799-1620. I think trying to proceed for impeachment would be just an incredible waste of resources on something that is ultimately not able to be accomplished and will do nothing but detract from serious issues that this country faces over the next year and a half. But that's my take. 414-799-1620. All right. You want to see the president impeached? That is the question. My answer is it's not going to happen as a practical matter. The Mueller report, in my opinion, gives no basis for impeachment. For the people who don't like President Trump, it's there. For the people who do like President Trump, you've got a basis as well. But impeachment, that that's the next step if people want to take it. All right, 414-799-1620. Is it time to put this matter to rest once and for all? Now, while Gru is lining up the phone calls, here's essentially what the Mueller report is. It's two giant volumes. As I said, think Old Testament, New Testament. Volume one is... Conspiracy to commit election fraud with the Russians. Conclusions are pretty clear there. While the Russians were and probably did meddle, perhaps even meddle successfully in our elections, there's no evidence to suggest that President Trump or people close to him were guilty of those efforts, period. All right. Then volume two, the New Testament. This is the whole question of obstruction of justice. And the money quotation is found on page 182 of of this. And the money quotation is this. Because we determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment, we did not draw ultimate conclusions about the president's conduct. The evidence we obtained about the president's action and intent presents difficult issues that would need to be resolved if we were making a traditional prosecutorial judgment. Let me interpret that. Um, unclear at all as a matter of law whether President Trump threatening to fire James Comey and then firing James Comey, whether President Trump saying to the Attorney General, I want you to unrecuse yourself, things like that, unclear as to whether or not that would legally constitute obstruction of justice or not, but because 
the Mueller team concluded you can't indict a sitting president. We're not going to wrestle with those thorny issues. They continue. At the same time, if we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not commit obstruction of justice, we would so state. Based on the facts and applicable legal standards, we are unable to reach that judgment. Accordingly, while the report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. In other words, all right, here, here, if Congress wants to do something, Congress can do something. This is what we found. 414-799-1620. Look, I, I am critical of the president when it is appropriate. And, and obviously, I think some of the things that he did in connection with this investigation were the phrase I would use is ham-handed. I don't think you could have convicted him of a crime. But that doesn't mean that Congress couldn't try to impeach him. 414-799-1620. Mike in Milwaukee. Mike, you're first. Good afternoon. Uh, Jeff, uh, hi. Hi. Uh, I was just telling your screener uh, these pre-briefings that um – Barr has been giving Trump, uh, as a former U.S. attorney, do you think that's proper, or should Barr be investigated for uh, malpractice or misconduct in public office? He seems to me he's acting more like Sekolo and Giuliani than, than our attorney. Well, I, I guess my, my answer is... My answer is no, I, I don't think it's malpractice and I don't think it's misconduct in public office. I mean, because again, you, you have to, t- to get to that point, you, you'd have to reach the o- underlying thing that there was something that he, he should have done that he, he wouldn't otherwise have, 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 wouldn't otherwise do. What does it matter whether, okay, if the president is one of the subjects of this investigation, what does it matter if you disclose to him, okay, these are what the conclusions are before you tell CNN? What, what, I guess, where does that, what's the problem with that? Well, it's not so much CNN, but uh, I think uh, our elected representatives should have an uh, equal shot at it, if not first shot, because uh, they were the ones who confirmed him. Right. Well, I mean, I think so. I guess I, my answer would be if. If look, it, it is not uncommon. For example, if you are a prosecutor and you're conducting an investigation, let's say you, you've had an investigation into the activities of so and so that's been going on for a year, and you determine that you know you're not going to issue charges, or you are going to issue charges, or whatever, it's not uncommon for the prosecutor to call up the the subject, the attorneys for the subject of that investigation, and say. Okay, here's here's what the conclusions are. Here's where we're going. Now, if if there was evidence to suggest that uh, Barr was doing, the attorney general was doing something again illegal or improper, that might be a different dynamic. But it, the, the the timings of disclosures t- to me that's kind of grasping at straws. I mean, but again, here here's the bottom line of of all this. The question is, where do you go from here? And the only possible place you go if you're trying to, again, pursue Trump on this outside of the electoral arena is you go for impeachment. Do, do you say, OK, well, yes, he, he talked about wanting to fire James Comey and then he did fire James Comey here. Are, are you going to impeach him on that, given that an FBI director serves at the pleasure of the president? He was unhappy that Jeff Sessions and we're not really plowing any sort of new ground on this. He was unhappy that Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, recused himself, which led to the appointment of Mueller, the special uh, counsel. All right. He, he then tried to pressure Jeff Sessions into you know going back on that recusal sessions didn't um all right 
Does that constitute a a crime? And and the answer is, I I don't think so. But the bigger point is, do you want to spend the next year, do you want to spend the next year rehashing all of this, whether you're a Democrat or whether you're Republican, or do you want to realize there's another election coming up a year and a half from now, and we're going to have all sorts of debates going on in this country about what the future of the country is going to be. Do we want to embrace Medicare for all? Do we want to embrace a Green New Deal where we essentially try to get rid of fossil fuels? Um, do we want to have free college tuition for everybody? I mean, do we want to move towards like a socialist type of society? Um, or do we want to continue given the fact that unemployment is really, really low and um, despite all the bad stuff that we end up talking about a lot of times, you know, people are probably doing in general pretty well in this country. Do, do we want to focus on those type of things or do we want to say, well, we should remove the president because, you know, he got hacked off that uh, the FBI director wouldn't do exactly what he said? 414-799-1620. I, I think candidly my take from the Miller thing and I I, I criticize Trump when it's appropriate I, I just my take is I think it's time you've got to move on from this I think this has ended up being a huge distraction and there are so many more important things and this by the way isn't Watergate I was just watching a CNN thing on Watergate the other day this isn't a smoking gun where the president of the United States had evidence and was involved actively in covering up a criminal break-in this isn't this isn't Watergate it's just not I think it's something that from the country's perspective we need to say okay it is what it is there's no crime per se that has been committed here. You can argue, whether could an aggressive prosecutor, if this wasn't the president, could an aggressive prosecutor try to bring charges? Okay, maybe. Could he secure a conviction? Well, that's a much bigger sort of issue. But do you need to move on? We continue the conversation next. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. The bottom line from the release of the Mueller report is it's now in Congress's hands. No clear-cut evidence of a violation of federal law. No violation of federal law with regard to conspiring with the Russians to affect the election. So now the question is, do you want to try to impeach him? Now, as a practical matter, I will tell you this. There's no smoking gun. This isn't like the Watergate break-in where you're going to find these tapes and stuff. There's no smoking gun given the fact that you have a majority of people in the Senate who are Republicans, you're not going to get a supermajority. So impeachment isn't going to happen. So now the question becomes, if you're not going to get a conviction in the Senate, do you want? does the House of Representatives want to spend the next year rehashing what is in here for what is going to be ultimately a non-starter? And my guess is, and my suggestion is, it, it's just time to move on one way or the other. Jeff in Sheboygan. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Real well, thank you. What do you think? I'm thinking it's time to let this go. Uh, Honestly, I think so far all we get is uh, basically we're at the same place we started. We haven't learned anything new. Uh, It's just opinion. It's going to be public opinion, and I think so many people are afraid of having a non-politician as a president that they're going to do anything they can to keep this going. Well, I guess, and the question becomes, does that 
Where, where do we get us? I've got a text here. How can you just turn your head on this because you're a Republican? Well, to which my comment is, turn my head on what? I mean, you know, it's, right. oh, I right. mean, turn, turn your head on what? You read, it's hundreds of pages. And I mean, I'll, I'll summarize this. Donald Trump is extremely thin skinned. He was hacked off that, you know, he's being investigated for something that he didn't do and he's right. blashing out. Okay. That, right. that, that, you know, that's, that, that's it. Is that an impeachable offense? You know, that's Absolutely not going to happen. Absolutely not. You know, right. it's time to let this go and let him do his job. Right. Well, thanks. For, and then vote him out if you don't like him next November. I mean, that's, and I understand that might be a, a potential here, but the, I mean, this is the bottom line. One of the interesting legal issues that's there is can you obstruct justice when there's no underlying crime? I mean, if, and that's, the, the Mueller report concludes, no criminal collusion with Russia, no underlying conspiracy. So when the president, so there's there's no underlying crime. Normally there's an underlying crime. All right, you've got the Watergate break-in. Well, what's the obstruction of justice? The president of the United States conspiring to try to thwart the investigation into the criminal activity. All right, we're kind of in uncharted territory. If you say, okay, there's no underlying criminal activity, can you obstruct justice? In theory, yes. In practice, that's a more difficult one. But look, here's what happens. You've got the president of the United States who's thin-skinned, he's prickly, he's angry, he's mad at his attorney general for recusing himself and you know he's he's feels that he's entitled to more loyalty than he's getting from folks and so he's lashing out like he does all right that's that's trump it might be a reason to distrust him it might be a reason to not like him is it a reason to impeach him and and that's you know where you're going 414-799-1620 let's talk to scott in milwaukee scott you're on wtmj Hey, thanks for taking the call. No, sure. no, no. I want this to go on. I do not want to drop this. I want to hear no collusion for the next 18 to 20 months. We need to take, the Republicans need to take back the House. We need to get uh, a, the, the Republican president reelected. I want this dead horse beaten into obliterate. So you think this ultimately will, if the Democrats overplay their hand, you think this actually benefits President Trump? Already overplayed Mm -hmm. it. You can't. They have. You've got another what? Three, four, five day news cycle now that's going to be saying no, no collusion, no collusion. And the Democrats are now wanting to subpoena Mueller to reread a report that says no. I think this is the greatest thing. I mean. This is the greatest thing that could be happening for our for the Republican Party. I absolutely want this to go on. I want to hear no collusion. Well, I th- well, you know, I mean, it's interesting. Thanks, Scott. I think you, you rarely hear my this this phrase come out of my mouth, but I, I see. I think Nancy Pelosi is would agree with you. I think she's too smart to let herself get drawn into this because again there's always a backlash for things i i I believe the reason brian hagedorn was elected to the state supreme court a couple weeks ago was there was a backlash at all these outside groups that were attacking him based on um his religious beliefs with regard to you know same-sex marriage and things like that and i think there's a lot of people that just that turned them off 
And so you had this huge grassroots effort. I, I think one of the reasons Brett Kavanaugh is on the Supreme Court bench now is because I, I think, again, the people that were trying to stop him overplayed their hand with regard to the allegations of sexual misconduct. There is, I guess, the potential that that could happen again. And so it's going to be interesting to me to see what happens, because on the one hand, I think you're going to have a lot of Democrats who are going to say, look, there's this isn't an impeachable offense. It, it might it, it it might make Donald Trump look bad. It might make him look petty. It might demonstrate that, again, he's, you know, ill-tempered and maybe emotionally unsuited to be the president and all those types of things. And, and that that's fine. We can take that. We can use those as campaign issues. But we're not going to see this as a basement basis for impeachment. And, and let's give the flip side. Republicans in the House of Representatives, I believe, back during the Clinton years, they, they overstepped. And in that case, they did have an actual felony, at least. You know, they had the president of the United States that lied under oath about, I did not have sexual relations with that woman when, I mean, he did. I mean, he clearly lied under oath. In that case, you had a crime. But the American people looked at this and said, okay, we don't think that this is the type of thing that is an impeachable offense. And I think that this is the same thing that is true here. You know, it was Donald Trump angry about this investigation did he want comey to be more of a team player and all those sorts of things yes did he rail about things yeah but at the end of the day Mueller didn't get fired at the end of the day people weren't given pardons in order to not talk with investigators at the end of the day yes comey got fired but the investigation continued so bottom line is nothing to see here other than a look at the temperament of a president, which I don't know is any surprise to any of us. My whole point is, I think if you go and you start the impeachment route, it's not going to go anywhere. That's the bottom line. Republicans in the Senate aren't going to impeach him. So, I mean, is this going to be a distraction for the next six or seven months? Or do we want to talk about the significant and serious things, the real issues that are facing this country? How this all plays out, well, we'll see. But the bottom line, um, the Mueller report, it's now done. I don't really think it plows any sort of new ground. I don't think it's going to change anybody's mind. But uh, the, the punditry, that's going to be going on for weeks and weeks. And you know, whether it's MSNBC or Fox News, you know they're going to be having a field day tonight. Me? I'm going to the baseball game. This is Jeff Wagner. Stick around. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. Uh, uh, yesterday was the, the the second home playoff game for the Bucks. They again great game, beat the Detroit Pistons. The the Bradley Center um, Pfizer Forum was sold out. It was a rocking crowd again. And this this Bucks team is extremely extremely special. All right. Well, yesterday I didn't have a program because we had an early Brewers game at Miller Park and then you had the Bucks game. But after our coverage of uh, the Brewers game ended, 
uh, John and Melissa and Greg were down. They were down outside Pfizer Forum doing Wisconsin, during Wisconsin, doing Wisconsin's afternoon news program from the area, you know, outside Pfizer in anticipation of the, the game. And I, that's just great. Great to have them on the road. Um, McCure sends out a tweet that caught my attention to the point that I, I retweeted it, passed it on. And, uh, if you follow me, it's at Jeff Wagner 620. You, you can see it. He was down in the area, took a picture of one of the parking lots. Now, this is the small parking lot that is adjacent to Turner Hall. I was just at Turner Hall on Saturday night, saw a concert. If you've come and seen our WTMJ annual Christmas extravaganza, it's at Turner Hall. It's a small parking lot, extremely convenient to the Pfizer Forum. I mean, literally, you, you walk half a block and you're there. You, you can't, I'm not sure it's possible to find parking in, in a more convenient location. So it is incredibly convenient. All right. There's also a free market that goes on here. The parking lot, it only has a few spaces, but when Mercure was down there, you know, late afternoon, he ended up tweeting out a, a photograph of, of a sign that was in the parking lot indicating all right, what it would cost to park in that particular area. There was a sign that said $100, $100 to park in that parking lot uh, again, very, very close to Turner Hall, uh, to uh, Pfizer Forum. Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, look, I am I am a free market guy, so I believe that you should be able to charge what the market bears. I, I understand that. And nobody holds a gun to your head and says, here, you, you have to pull into a lot and pay $100 to park. So it's a choice that you are making. At the same time, there is kind of an element of, of profiteering that goes along with some of these things, like, all right, it's, gee, we, we've got a tornado that's going on. Here, we're going to come in and we're going to sell you bottled water for $5 a bottle. Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, I don't know if anybody actually parked in that lot for $100. And I appreciate the free enterprise system that allows people to charge whatever they want. I think my house is worth $2 million. Nobody else thinks it's worth more than 200000 but there's nothing that says that you can't ask for, for you know, $2 million bucks. I believe, though, in downtown Milwaukee, for a Bucks playoff game, which is cool, Bucks playoff game, paying $100 to park, that is God's way of telling you that you have too much money. And there is absolutely no way, no way that I would ever consider paying that much money to park. 414-799-1620. On top of that, I think when you charge, ask for those, that types of, that types of money, I, I think what you do is you leave a bad taste in the mouths of a lot of fans. Now, I, I, I think a lot of the lots down there were charging real close, were charging 35 to 40 bucks, which to me, Seems like that's a lot to ask anyways, but all right, I get it. It's 35 or 40 bucks, but there's no way I would ever pay a hundred dollars to park in downtown Milwaukee. Now, 
put me in downtown Chicago, put me in downtown L.A., put me in downtown New York. Maybe it's a little bit different dynamic. But in downtown Milwaukee, I think it's crazy to consider paying $100 to park for a basketball game. 414-799-1620. Let's start with Jeff in Fox Point. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. I really hope this has not become a prevalent thing, and if it does, I'd be going to a lot fewer events, and I would probably be using Uber and Lyft a lot more. Um, well, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, clearly if that's the amount, you know, I mean, that's what you're thinking of doing here. We're gonna we're gonna put out, you know, we're there's all sorts of other alternatives that are down there, and and people would start exploring them, or they'd walk a few blocks further. But I mean, I appreciate convenience, but you're not shelling out a hundred bucks, huh? Yeah, and for now, what I what I do is when I go to Bucks games or concerts is I I buy parking in advance, right? And and because if you do that, the prices won't keep calm even close to a hundred bucks. Yeah, you're right. No, thanks for calling. And again, it, it, people get to ask what they get to ask. I, I I appreciate that. I'm just saying, who in their right mind would would pay that? I mean, for me, I I, I have a membership at one of the the places downtown and routinely we park there they run a shuttle to anywhere you want to, to take you so we'll we'll go and the shuttle comes with part of your membership to the to the club so you know we'll go there to the club for dinner have a drink or something hop the shuttle they come back and pick you up not even to have to fool with the type of stuff and candidly a lot of times by avoiding the cost of parking you pretty much pay for dinner or drinks or something like that 414-799-1620 but i'm just telling you i when i saw this sign up there a hundred bucks i'm like Really? Who who would park there? Maybe maybe it's out of town folks who don't know that well you can find twenty dollar parking three or four blocks away. Uh let's talk to Patrick in Fond du Lac. Patrick, you're on WTMJ. Hi Jeff, how's it going? Real well, thank you. Okay, are you gonna pay a hundred bucks to park? I wouldn't pay a hundred dollars. We were at Minneapolis for the final four. When we drove in, they were charging eighty dollars. My brother says, I'm not paying that. So we drove around <laughs> Went down, I don't know, five blocks, six blocks. It was thirty dollars. Right. Drove down. We probably parked a mile away, and it was six dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, and and at some point in time, there's always that trade-off between how far do you want to walk. And I, I get that there's this appeal to convenience, but I'm especially thinking in downtown Milwaukee, nothing is really that far. I mean, my goodness, you can no. go up to the Grand Avenue and park for what? probably five or ten bucks, you know. And and you have to walk a few blocks, but who cares? It's five or ten dollars. Yeah, but even walking a mile, we enjoyed it. The weather actually happened to be nice, believe it or not. But, um, you know, in Minneapolis, you never know. But what was the mile? I wasn't nothing. We well, enjoyed it. Well, right, especially if you can save $100. No, thanks for calling. Again, I, 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 I'm I, not really criticizing the parking lot operators for putting out the sign and trying to see if they can get anybody to guppy on spending $100 to park. I, I, I'm not, other than the fact that it does – kind of leave this like i say i think it sort of leaves a bad taste in your mouth that are people you know trying to take advantage of in this case the success that the bucks have had but i appreciate supply and demand but the way of course people respond to that is by saying okay a hundred dollars that's absolutely crazy keep keep the lot empty i mean is it like you're not going to make enough money if you charge 35 or 40 dollars let's talk to steve in illinois steve you're on wtmj yeah, hello, Counselor. Hi, Steve. Uh, you may remember Professor Donald Shoup appeared on one of your uh, sister shows a few year, a few uh, months ago. No such thing as free parking. <laughs> and I appreciate there's no such thing as free parking, but we're not talking free parking. We're talking a hundred bucks. 
Well, okay, uh, the, and what's also cracking me up is uh, you good folks are going to be hosting the Democratic Convention next year, and I suspect you'll be seeing this a lot more. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, I don't know. I think so. I, I don't know. You mean the party of the people? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know. I, I suspect what you're going to be seeing is a lot of people saying, hey, let, let's get on Tom Barrett's trolley and ride all over, or let, let's pick, take public transportation. I mean, this is, if all those parking lots around there decided that routinely they were going to try to extract a hundred dollars a piece for people to park the beneficiaries would be the uber drivers the lyft drivers and um people who do what i do which is you know belong to one of the organizations down there and take the shuttle and also probably public transportation that's the justification they're charging a hundred maybe barrett's behind this whole thing charge a hundred bucks to park people are going to be outraged they're going to be willing to just like take the take the trolley for free maybe it's part of a conspiracy maybe we need robert Mueller to be investigating that hundred dollars for a parking space i don't think so this is jeff wagner this is jeff wagner on wtmj so very glad to have you with us updates on two stories one is good news one is it just continues to get more bizarre the chicago prosecutor the cook county state's attorney kim fox and state's attorney in Cook County is like a DA here. It's like the equivalent of John Chisholm. She it was her office that had originally charged this Jussie Smollett, the the Empire actor who lied about being beaten up by people wearing Donald Trump hats. You know, and of course this was a national scandal for a week. You know, it turns out he completely and totally lied about that. She had recused herself. She was the state's attorney and normally would be in charge of making all the charging decisions. Because she had been contacted um, in advance of this, the, the charging decision, and in advance of the fact that it turned out that he had lied about all these things, because she'd been contacted and had knowledge of and interactions with people uh, close to Smollett and had some other conflicts, she did what was called recuse herself, which means she was going to step back, assign somebody else in her office to make the decisions, right? And what it typically means when you're a prosecutor and you recuse yourself, that means you stay out. Now, we, we were talking about the Mueller report earlier. Jeff Sessions, Donald Trump's attorney general, he recused himself into in the Russia investigation. He did it early on, and it, it's, it's what just created such a rift between Donald Trump and the attorney general. But Sessions said, look, I don't think I can handle this matter because I was involved in the Trump campaign, and so theoretically I might be investigating myself. I need to have somebody else do it. Once you recuse yourself, the rules are pretty clear, you have nothing to do with it. All right, it's somebody else's decision. So it is now coming out. They've got all these emails that were released that this Kim Fox, she recuses herself. She turns it over to one of the guys in her office. He then issues charges. All right, he makes a decision, takes it to the grand jury, issues charges. Despite the fact that she has recused herself, meaning she's supposedly having nothing to do with this, she apparently starts reaching out to the prosecutor who's in charge of the case, saying things like, well, I've seen that you've issued all these charges. Don't you know that, you know, our my policy is that we want to use appropriate charging authority and that, um, you know, we think Smollett's a washed up celebrity who lied to the cops. Um, why, 
Why are you bringing charges against him? Why are you bringing this many charges against him? Don't you realize we have more serious things to do, etc., etc.? So in other words, even though she was supposed to have absolutely nothing to do with this case because of conflicts of interest, she had stuff to do with the case. Now, the emails that have been released in the text, she don't does not specifically say, well, you, you know, you, you need to drop these charges or cut a deal. doesn't say that. But despite the fact that she's supposed to have nothing to do with the case, she's going to one of her subordinates who's supposedly in charge and saying, well, I know I'm not supposed to have anything to do with this case, but I think I should remind you about how we should handle cases like this. And then mysteriously the charges get dropped. The, the whole thing, the whole Justice Smollett thing, just completely and totally stinks to high heaven, especially when you have a prosecutor who was supposed to stay out of it who clearly did not stay out of it. So that's interesting follow-up number one. Interesting follow-up number two. Earlier this week, I told you about a controversy in Laguna Beach, California. Laguna Beach is a, is a beach town about halfway between L.A. and San Diego. And the controversy was they had repainted all their police cars. And actually, it's kind of a cool design. The police cars, they painted them all black. And on the side of the car... They had a, a white background, and then the words police were, were printed, and the words police um, had a, had an American flag backing on them. I sent out a picture of this. If you follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Wagner 620 I sent out a photograph of this. But it, it's, it's the American flag. So it says Laguna Beach police with the American flag. And you had a number of people in the community that described themselves as rainbow sandal wearing avocado eating surfers and artists that's how one of the people described themselves that's not my description who complained said hey this is this is awful you know you've got the american flag on these police cars and by by the way you know how you spell the word police it's p-o-l-i-c-e you know all right ice i-c-e and one guy says whenever i look at this I see the words ICE with an American flag. Now, of course, the word is police, P-O-L-I-C-E. But when I look at that, I don't see police. I see ICE, I-C-E with an American flag. And that tells me that people who, I don't know, um, are in this country illegally or whatever, they should feel scared. I'm, I'm telling you, th- these were how silly and serious and stupid these arguments were. Well, in any event, the Common Council had a meeting the night before last to try to decide what they were going to do about this. And there was a, a serious thought that maybe what we need to do is redesign the police cars and, and get the American flag off the police cars. My conclusion was it is a sorry state in this country. If we ever, ever, ever reach a point where a community's police cars can't display an American flag on them, or a law enforcement officer or a first responder, you know, can't have an American flag on part of their uniform because it might make some, what was the description here, rainbow sandal wearing, avocado eating, surfer and artist uncomfortable. Anyways, Common Council gets together, the meeting room was apparently packed, 200 people show up at the end of the day. The vast majority of people supported leaving the police cars as they were, and that's what the Common Council um, decided to do. So at least, at least for the moment, this effort to try to, well, we want to take the ice out of police, and we certainly don't want to have the American flag on police cars, even in Laguna Beach, California, 
That effort failed. Now, if they brought it up in Madison, Wisconsin, where would it go? Well, that's another story. All right, when we come back, it is a local story out of the People's Republic of Shorewood. When this story first broke, I said on the air, I was skeptical of it. It seemed like there had to be another side to it. I now know what that other side is. I will tell it to you, and we will discuss. That's coming up. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Welcome back. Let me be real clear here. I think the Shorewood school officials, Shorewood administrators, who have who have acted as buffoons on multiple occasions, yes, I mean that, over the last couple years, have really outdone themselves as being the gang that couldn't shoot straight. There is a Shorewood physical education teacher that, in my opinion, is owed an apology for a complete and total overreaction by school officials that I think, candidly, shows what happens when political correctness comes together with a rush to judgment and it results in what appears to have happened in Shorewood. Our number, by the way, 414-799-1620. But I think this teacher deserves an apology. I mentioned this story a couple days ago and I said at the time that there was something about the initial reports that did not seem right to me. That there, there just had to be something more to this story and it turns out that, uh, yeah, apparently there is. So April 11th, so last last week, this is the 18th, a week ago today, Shorewood school officials send a letter to Shorewood parents and guardians. This is from Brian Davis, who is the superintendent of schools at Shorewood, at least so far. Here's what the letter says. During a recent seventh grade physical education class at Shorewood Intermediate School, a teacher shared an activity with students on the subject of games from around the world. After the class on April 1st, allegations were made that the teacher had suggested to African-American students in the class that they research games that had been played by enslaved children. So let me stop there. The teacher picks out African-American students and says, your assignment is, I I want you to research games played by slaves. Hmm. The administration became aware of these concerns on April 3rd. We immediately launched an internal investigation of the matter. We have placed the teacher on leave pending the findings of the investigation. We take these allegations extremely seriously. Throughout the situation, the situation, throughout this situation, student safety and well-being have been our top priority. Our school counselor, our school psychologist, our dean of students, and the SIS, that would be the Shorewood Intermediate School principal, have been providing support to the students who were directly involved in this incident. We wanted to make you aware of this development and to reiterate to our students and families that you know you remain our highest priority we are committed to providing an environment of inclusion in our schools we will continue to assess the situation and ensure that we provide ongoing support to our students as we move forward if your student has any concerns about this situation please encourage them to contact their school administrators or their school counselor all right so the teacher who by the way has been a gym teacher for 37 years all right she says put on leave held hung out to dry we've got the art we've got the counselors that are there for students who can't handle this and i remember i said this the other day at the time i said i just this story this doesn't seem right to me that that 
All right, that, that you have this teacher who's been there for 37 years who suddenly says to the black kids in the class, here, I, I want you to, to, to go figure out the games that slaves play. That, that it makes, it made no sense to me. Now, I guess, you know, it, it could have happened, but it made no sense to me. And I was just thinking this reaction by these school administrators, they have just gone, I mean, they went to DEFCON 5 right away. Well, the, the teachers union it is wading in on this. And, you know, they are, they're going public about this entire thing. And they're saying, hey, look, you know, you've got it all wrong. Here's what, here's what they say. Apparently there is this, this is what happened. There's a new unit that's being taught in physical education class. And this is a unit that's been approved as part of the curriculum. It's called World Games and Dance. It has students learning games and dances from various cultures. Um, One group of students apparently selected an historic game that had once been played by enslaved children to present to the class. Um, According to the union, though, the, the students weren't encouraged or forced to select a game related to slavery. Teachers union said, "Okay, I mean, here's here's the deal. The kids weren't grouped by cultural background or race. Students had the choice of presenting any game or dance from their cultural background if working individually or if they had come to if they were part of a of a group and they had come to a consensus about, you know, which culture to represent. That was cool as well. The goal of the unit was for every student to feel their culture was represented and to enhance a sense of belonging. And again, this unit, unit and these assignments apparently had been approved by the principal and commended by the same superintendent who has now broken bad and hung the teacher out to drive, to drive. Okay, the the game in question involved two students. One of them was African-American. The game is found on uh, a a website. It's described as one child pretending to be an evil spirit attempting to catch the others. In practice, the game is played much like tag. During a class presentation, the students told the class that the game was played by enslaved children, stressing that the time period of the game was serious and not something to joke about. The teacher didn't require students to research or select games played by slaves as alleged in the school district's letter. In other words, it's just this part of the curriculum, get together, find something, you know, find a game that was played by kids that represent your culture. And that's what the kids ended up doing. According to the union statement, the teacher in question has 37 years of experience as an educator, has been recognized for her community spirit and volunteerism, has earned several teaching honors, and has worked to build an accepting environment for students. And the Shorewood School District has hung her out to dry. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Man, I, you, you could not pay me enough, number one, to be a public school teacher. But secondly, I, I here you have, and if the union's letter is correct, and i got to tell you that this explanation makes a lot more sense. You, you have a curriculum that says world games and dance. Okay, kids, break up in groups, find something that comes from your cultural background, and present it to the class. And that turns into, geez, she singled out the African-American child and told her, told her, come up with some game that slave children had to play. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This, of course, is not the first time that the Shorewood School District has gotten it wrong 
in connection recently with racial issues. They're the ones that approved the play, the, uh, the play to kill a mockingbird and then got cold feet because, oh, it had a word in it that, you know, people didn't like. 414-799-1620. I think the way this teacher has been treated is grossly unfair. And I think the school superintendent, if this is in fact the case, owes her an apology. More importantly than that, it, there needs to be an explanation as to why you jumped the gun. My God, they, 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 the counselors, we've got we've got the social workers. We're here to talk to anybody who might be traumatized by what was essentially part of the curriculum. 414-799-1620. This is, in my opinion, appalling. And the way this teacher was treated was, if the union's letter is correct, absolutely absurd. We discuss in just a moment. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I, I think this this gym teacher at Shorewood has really been hung out to dry by the administration, and I think it's appalling. Carol in Shorewood. Carol, good afternoon. Hi. Hi, Carol. I, I just want to, we're not mentioning the teacher's name. I know you know who this oh, is, sure. so don't don't use her name, okay? Sure. Okay, sure. sure. Go ahead. So I just wanted to say that when you started to talk about the story originally, I thought, well, I know that woman, and I know that she has been nothing but inclusive in the community. She's been sensitive to all different types of populations and groups and cultures. And both of my kids had her, and I just found her to be, you know, a wonderful teacher, and she's won many awards. And so when I heard the first story, I thought, huh, there's got to be more to the story than that because it just didn't seem like something that she would do. So I'm glad that the more of the information is starting to come out because it certainly isn't, it never had seemed to be in her character at all to do anything. Right. Like that was well, it, it's, just, it's just, it's such a, biz- I'm, I'm thinking, okay, here's somebody who's been teaching for 37 years. This, this is such a bizarre type of story that suddenly out of the clear blue, you would single out the, the one or two African-American children in your class and you would assign them a task on slavery. It, it, it just, it made no sense. Now this kind of right. makes sense. Okay, we're, we're, we're studying dances of the world. All right, I want you guys to get in groups and, you know, find a dance that was done that's representative of your culture, whatever that might be. And, and these kids happen to land on this particular one. That is a far cry from, you know, what this woman was accused of doing. Yeah. And there was a comment made that some, one of the students that was allegedly subjected to that, that a older sibling had had a bad experience with the same um, format in the same um, unit in, in the gym class. And I just, that struck me funny, too, because if the older yeah. sibling had a problem with it, I or a couple of years, how many ever years they were ahead in school? Why right. That. Well, well, right. Or, or if if you've got a problem with the unit, or, all right, you know, then 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 you've got a problem with the unit. It's not a problem, you know, with right. the teacher who who's oh, assigning yeah. this. You know, that then it's right. hey, you, you go to the school board, or you go to the principal, or you say, hey, I have an issue with this this dances of the world type of thing because it can be culturally insensitive or whatever. But th- they they hung. No, thanks to culture. I mean, they hung this teacher out to dry, and this is a, again. It, it's a part of what I think is emerging as a pattern in in Shorewood, where you, you saw this a couple months ago. We oh, we're going to allow the play to kill a mockingbird, and then somebody complains, and, and you go to this reaction. And and if you read the letter, and that's why I took a minute to read the letter from the Shorewood school superintendent that. that 
now that we at least bait, we have the union's version of offense, which to me makes a lot more sense than any other sort of interpretation. But you get this letter that's sent home to all the parents. And, of course, everybody knows who this teacher is in that area, uh, essentially, you know, accusing her of, of racism and singling this out. And, my God, we've got these counselors, and, and we're, we're all here because everybody's so sensitive about this. And, and now, at least if the union's response is correct, it turns out, well, this <laughs> this is the curriculum. It's the kids themselves that decided, hey, we're going to find this game, which is nothing but a glorified game of tag, we're going to be the ones to choose it, and we're going to present it to the class, and this is what the teacher is suspended for? Shame on you, Shorewood. Shame on you. And and what's going on with the superintendent, who, again, clear appears to be clearly in over his head because he screwed up the Kill a Mockingbird controversy, and, and now it seems to me he screwed up this one, too. Mark in Muskego. Mark, you're on WTMJ. Hi there. Hi, Mark. Um, I, I agree. I think it's appalling. The other thing that, that it comes down to, you know, this ruins this teacher's character. Yep. It's a direct character assass- assassination. Um, in the normal world, this is called slander. Yeah, or libel or defamation or whatever. Yep. A- absolutely. So, I mean, what I think she should do, she's got 37 years in. Retire and get a settlement for a couple hundred thousand dollars. Turn around. Well, thanks. I mean, I I mean, thanks. I mean, here here is the message. I mean, if you are a teacher in the Shorewood school system, you 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 better really think about getting the heck out because if this is how your administration is going to treat situations like this, to to effectively hang you out to dry, and that's clearly. Again, if the union's response, and, and, and maybe the union is making all sorts of stuff up, but I, I'll tell you, this goes back to, you know, my, my other life as a prosecutor and stuff. I, I, I've got a pretty good sense when it comes to what really happened here. And when this matter was first presented, it just didn't make any sense to me. It just, the story did not make sense. Well, now that you hear the union tell us this is what was going on here, she's administering this curriculum, you know, it's dances of the world, you have to identify something, you know, that's emblematic of your culture, and, and this is what the kid chose. All right, and we present it. Oh, my gosh, now you've got the counselors that are there. I'm telling you, but this is what apparently passes for common sense in the Shorewood School District. If I'm a teacher there, I'm looking to see as fast as I can whether Whitefish Bay has any openings or anything like that. Here's a text, Jeff. Every summer at our lakefront, we have this particular unit of curriculum played out with all the world festivals. Um, All the different uh, ethnic people gather. They dance. They sing and they take partake of a particular culture. Same thing as this unit at Shorewood High School. Yeah, I mean it's like dances of the world. This this makes sense, and it's it's a unit. It's a unit that apparently has been decided on and approved by the school board. And now you're hanging the teacher out to dry. Shame on you, Shorewood. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. I guess being Michelle Obama means you can say whatever you want and you never have to say you're sorry. All right, here is the deal. Um, Sunday, Michelle Obama is sitting down for an interview with Stephen Colbert, you know, formerly of The Daily Show, now of, you know, he's got his own show at night. Um, she's there to promote her, her book, you know, Becoming. And 
She's talking to Colbert, and this is what Michelle Obama says. She says, America is in the midst of extensive changes similar to those experienced by a teenager. Um, and then she goes on to say that what we're going through now, ever since she and her husband left, it's like a, a teen in a family coping with a divorce. So here's what she says. She says, and we come from a broken family. We, that is America, we're a teenager. We're a little unsettled, and having good parents is tough. Sometimes you have to spend your weekends with the divorced dad. It feels like it's fun, but then you get sick. That's what America is going through. We're kind of living with divorced dad right now. In other words, having Donald Trump as the president is sort of like having the divorced dad, the irresponsible parent, you know, the one that uh, gives you the candy, but you end up getting sick. And, of course, then Colbert starts laughing, and then he goes on to impersonate Trump, giving children keys to a car and pointing them in the direction of a liquor cabinet. So she says, well, Trump is like a, a divorced dad. All right. Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I understand that there are certain stereotypes out there, but most people don't get to use them without having certain uh, fallback, fallout. I mean, you know, you suggest that this group of people or that group of people is, I don't know, lazy. All right, you're, you're going to get all sorts of fallback. You suggest that one group of people might be prone to drink a lot. You're going to get a lot of fallback. But here you got Michelle Obama that's talking about well yeah trump is like that that divorced dad you know the, the people that you know they, they get the weekends with them and yeah it lets you do whatever you want right now and and you end up you know getting getting sick you know you're you're living with divorced dad right now now what struck me about this story is i i know lots of people who over the years have gone through divorces i, I get that it's not a pleasant sort of thing to go through and i will tell you there have been some cases where yeah, it's true. Dad probably wasn't the best parent figure. And, you know, when they've got shared custody, they're probably better off with mom. I will tell you other situations, though, where, you know, it's dad. It's dad that, you know, the kids not only want to be with, but it's kids that it's dad that the kids should be with. So 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Is there a problem with divorced dads here? Because that's what Michelle Obama is doing. I don't understand. She's she's trying to be cute. This is funny. There's the stereotype that the divorced dads aren't good parents. Is that fair? Um, or I don't know if it was somebody perhaps, I don't know, that, that used another sort of stereotype. Would there be outrage? Is being Michelle Obama, does that mean you can say what you want and never, never, ever have to say you're sorry for that? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I guess I kind of cringed on that because, like I say, I know a lot of divorced fathers out there who are darn, darn good parents. And this idea that, oh, you know, we're going to try to find somebody and we're going to try to use a we're going to try to knock Donald Trump. And so we're going to like him and divorce dads because everybody knows that divorced dads aren't good parents. Nuts to that. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And again, I, I, I get I understand that there's stereotypes out there. And Stephen Colbert thought this was funny. And Michelle Obama clearly thought she was funny. But 
okay, and, and this isn't about Trump. That's not what the point is. The point is, I mean, are divorced dads, is this now fair game? And if this stereotype is okay, are other stereotypes okay? 414-799-1620. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. What I find interesting about this story is that there's some, I guess there's some stereotypes that, that are okay, that you, you can mock. Conservative Christians, right-wing Republicans, um, divorced dads. But there's other stereotypes. You try to go down this route, and, and my goodness, um, you're, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So if you're just tuning in, Michelle Obama, she's with Stephen Colbert over the weekend produce, uh, promoting her book. She wants to take a, a, a slap at Trump, and so her example is, hey, you know, America is like a teenager. Um, having good parents is tough. Sometimes you spend your weekends with divorced dad. It feels like fun, but then you get sick. That's what America is going through. We're kind of living with divorced dad right now. I'm wondering how divorced dads feel about that. 414-799-1620. John in Milwaukee. John, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, hi, Jeff. Hi, John. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, di- I'm a divorced dad, and... Uh kids were sort of middle-aged um i worked very hard to be the best dad i could possibly possibly be and i was offended by it i thought it was very inappropriate and i i think she should apologize for it well well right i mean it, it's i mean she's playing into this stereotype that the that mom is the caregiver and mom is the nurturer and you just turn it over to the divorced dad and you know and he's hey let, let's have this party i mean i i understand she thought she was being clever but you know, I mean, th- there's a lot of groups of people that if you tried to do this to, there would be absolute outrage. But I guess maybe because it's Michelle Obama and maybe because it's divorced dads, nobody cares about it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially coming from her and, and, uh, and you know. Well, no. No, good. Thanks for calling. Well, no, I mean, no, right, exactly. But, well, that's that's it. It's and look, and I understand that she was trying to be clever. That's why I started this thing off by saying, well, stereotypes are stereotypes. Oh, this is clever. Ha 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 ha. Well, if she tried to pick out, you know, other stereotypes to, you know, say something about, you know, that there would be outrage. Jeff, I'm a divorced dad, and I am the responsible one. I saw it, got custody of my daughter, raised her on my own. I had a great deal of respect for Michelle Obama until that remark. I lost much of it. Jeff, my dad gave up everything, coached us in every sport. He was a hero, and by the way, he was a divorced dad. Another text. Such a stupid comparison, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, look, if you want to rip on Donald Trump, I, I get it. I get it, but why bring in divorced dads? I mean, like I say, I, I know a lot of divorced fathers out there that are just absolutely wonderful fathers. 414-799-1620. Jeff in Pewaukee. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi. Good afternoon, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. You know, I'd like to believe that Michelle Obama was clever, but if she were clever, she could have used, she could have added just two words, dads and mothers, because, you know, there are those divorced mm-hmm. parents, and I'm divorced, that just don't take responsibility on both sides of the aisle. Sure. So all she had to do is add, you know, the divorced man or woman that's irresponsible. Right. That would have been fine. And right. that would have been, you know, there would have been a point made. Right. But, or, or, the, or crazy uncle. I mean, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like living with your crazy me. uncle. Absolutely. And everybody would have laughed and it would have been fine. Yeah, Every uncle out there is crazy, right? <laughs> you know, or the weird old man. Okay, that must be me. I'm over 65. <laughs> 
you know, so, you know, she's not clever and she's not smart and certainly not. It, it, the worst part of it is, is he went along with it. Oh, yeah. The Colbert jumped in with both with both feet. Right. Oh, this is funny. Ha ha ha. Here, let's let, let's imitate, you know, President Trump, you know, giving the keys to the liquor cabinet to the giving kids car keys and showing right. the liquor cabinet. Ah, and I, I understand that they, they want to dump on President Trump. And Lord, OK, you, you get a right to do that. But I guess this has really got my attention again, because I know a lot of divorced dads and they're just darn good fathers. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks to call. And that, that's what kind of got my attention. And I was thinking, okay, there are certain, there are certain groups of people that it's okay to make fun of and, and everybody laughs. Well, that's just a stereotype. We all, we all know that divorced dads have a problem. Well, all right. Really? Kevin in Oconomowoc. Kevin, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. Hi, Kevin. My first reaction was I took great umbrage to that statement because I am one of those divorced dads. Okay. Um, that said, almost instantaneously, at the same time, I realized, consider the source. This is the same person that made the bold statement she wasn't proud to be an American yeah. until her husband was elected president, yep. as if that's some magical moment that changes respect for your country. Yeah. It's, it's not like he made some great big sacrifice, but that's not what this discussion is about. But when I look about it, when I think about it looking backwards, yeah, I was irritated even when she said that about her husband. All things in context, though, she's trying to be an entertainer. She's trying yeah. to gain points and gain favor for the future, How whatever that, how she was going to use that for leverage. But, boy, oh, boy, I know a lot of women who are great mothers and, yep. divorce, and an equal amount of men. Yeah. The thing of it is, is men are not the squeaky wheel. Men don't get the interview. Men don't get a, a, a date and a time where they're held up in honor. I know they get Father's Day, but let's face it. Women are adored in this, women by, in this world by most men, mm -hmm. and they're not afraid to tell the world about it. Men have always been displayed as the butt of jokes in the old... Mm -hmm sitcoms on TV and such. So this kind of follows that path. Well, no, I think I think you're right. I mean, I'm just there, there's all sorts of. Look, I, I guess I was just I was struck by I, again the, the stereotypical reference to this because again there's all there's all sorts of stereotypes that you could have used about you know uh, the divorce rate in certain communities or you know unwed you know children being married being born out of wedlock all these different things but uh, you wouldn't do that because I think it would be inappropriate and most people would agree it's not going to be be funny but it was it kind of singled out the divorce dad element of it and again i understand she wants to she wants to rip on donald trump god bless her okay rip on donald trump that's fine i, I get where she's coming from on all that but do, do you need to do you need to take on all, all these men who are you know busting their butts to try to you know make a living and um also you know support their children and their families and raise their raise their children and are there bad divorce dads Absolutely, I, I'm sure there are, but there's also a lot that are really good, and I, I just Michelle Obama doesn't quite get that. This is Jeff Wagner, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City. This is the Jeff Wagner Show, and now WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. Now, some of you folks who are out there whining about the Packers schedule, you've gone and done it. You've made my friend and colleague. Gene Miller, mad at you. All right, here's the deal. If you are a season ticket holder for 
the Packers, and you are part of the gold package, which is the Milwaukee games, going back to when they used to play two games at the Old County Stadium. The the games that you get are are always the second game and the fifth game. That's how it works. There, there's eight home games. Second game, fifth game are always the Milwaukee games. So the schedule comes out yesterday. Here Here's the games you get. First game is September 22nd. It is a noon game. You get the Denver Broncos. The fifth week of the year, fifth home game of the year, that would be October 20th. You get the Oakland Raiders. So my producer grew is just chuckling about that. All right. It, so it's from the perspective of uh, of Packers fans. You know, it's it's great to get the games, but those aren't exactly marquee matchups. I mean, let let's be honest. I mean, I understand the Broncos were in Super Bowl a couple of years ago and things like that, but but. I mean, it's not like it's traditional rivals. They're not even, you know, they're they're not in the conference even, much less the division. It's not like the Ram. It's not like the Lions or the the Bears or the Vikings. It's the Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders. All right, both Sunday at noon. People are are complaining. Matter of fact, I've gotten several of the texts about this from people who are saying, well, you know, the the season ticket holders, the Milwaukee package really got messed over this year. Gene has a blog up at WTMJ.com saying, okay, the the Packers don't hate Milwaukee season ticket holders honest and essentially saying, hey, they're, they're games and, you know, toughen up buttercup if you don't like this you can give away your tickets and sell them or whatever and there's all sorts of people who would would jump on them all right 414-799-1620 that is the accurate mortgage talk and text line if you are a gold ticket holder you got those two games i mean are you disappointed by this do you think you are being treated unfairly given that you're not going to get the cowboys you're not going to get the Redskins. You're going to get the Denver Broncos, and you're going to get the Oakland Raiders. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let me just, just give you the bottom line of all this. I First of all, to me, one of the reasons the Packers do this is they just randomly decide it's the second and the fifth game to avoid this. I mean, last year I went to the second game. I I, I I don't have season ticket packages. I, I go, we buy tickets in the secondary market. I went to the second home game of the year. It was against the Vikings. That was a Milwaukee season ticket game last year. So if you were a Milwaukee season ticket holder, you got to see the Vikings. That was the uh, game that ended in a tie. It, it was an absolutely, you know, it was a tremendous game. So some years you're going to be okay. Some years, all right, you're going to get the Broncos and you're going to get the Oakland Raiders. And I understand it's not the greatest traditional matchup, but but here's kind of the flip side of this. A couple of the other games, you know, one is on a Thursday night, all right? One is on a, a Monday night. And to be honest with you, especially as I get older, I would much rather have a Thursday game. I would much rather have a Sunday game at noon against the Broncos or against the Oakland Raiders, then I would have I don't know a, a, a night a Thursday you know night game, um, even even if it's against Philadelphia or a Monday night game against Detroit four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. To me, the fun is in going. And is it great if you get a chance to go and see the Packers Bears? Okay, that that's fine. And some year you might end up actually doing that because it might be the second or the fifth game. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Number of people are complaining, saying, hey, if you're a Milwaukee season ticket holder, you got screwed over this year. 
I guess that's not my take on it. I mean, it's just what's going to happen with the luck of the draw. You're going to buy those tickets in advance to see the Bucks play the Los Angeles Lakers, and hey, you know they hold out Giannis and LeBron James is hurt. Okay, it's just it happens like that sometimes. Tom and Crivets. Tom, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hello. Thanks I, for taking my call. Yes, sir. What do you think? Um, been a season ticket holder for a long time. Uh, there's been many seasons where we've had some, some pretty decent uh, marquee games and and uh, divisional games. And I guess you got to take kind of take it as it comes. But the one thing I really do like about it is there's not going to be any November and December weather. I, you know, it's funny that you mention it, Tom. And, and I don't want to make myself sound like a, a a wilting flower. But the older I get. I, I, when, when I'm looking at games to go to, I like those September and October games where you're not freezing, you know, sitting in the stands like December when you've got that wind that's blowing. I, I'll take an early season game anytime. I will. Yeah, I think uh, I'm definitely showing my age. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> because oh, no. I don't want to sit out in that cold. And this was fantastic because I'm thinking, hey, I'm a, at very probably the very worst. I'm going to be wearing. Uh, Sweatshirt. Well, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, when I went to the the Vikings game last year, which was the second game, I mean, we we were where we were sitting. We were in the sun all day. I, I came back sunburned. It was hot. I mean, I'm I'm taking off layers and stuff because it was so hot. And the other thing, Tom, maybe we'll, we'll both sound old. I like the noon games. I the you know the the late night games, especially like for me when you live in Milwaukee. So okay, the, these late night games, you, you get home. It's it's midnight at best, or it's one in the morning, or it's two in the morning. I'm telling you it, it's that that alarm goes off pretty early that next morning yeah it certainly does and i i actually worked um for the nfl for about 23 years and i spent a lot of years on the field and man did i hate all the network games oh yeah because that meant you know look at the times that they were playing and and what time the games would end and then i'd have to look at what time i'd actually get out of the stadium Right. Well, now I have my sheets, and <laughs> I'm looking at it a whole lot different. Right. What did? What did? You, I'm curious. What did you do for the networks when you do? Uh, I actually worked for NFL Films. Oh, okay, great. Because I've always right. I mean, you know, the thing is, those night games too. I swear they they add. I swear they add a couple extra commercials, and and that's fine. But I mean, sometimes you're sitting there thinking. My goodness, isn't this game ever going to end? Or what is this? A four or five minute commercial break? It's like, please, just start playing the game again. <laughs> I know. It's that guy on the. It's the guy on the sidelines with the big orange glove. You got to tell him to hurry up. And that's right. Yeah, just let it, for goodness. Yeah, thanks for right. That's exactly right. Now, thanks for calling. I guess that's. See, that's kind of my take on this too. You never. I, first of all, I think it's cool to go. It's cool to have the opportunity to have the season tickets, whether it's the two games or the six games, or for people who have both packages. I, I think that's cool. And to me, the fun of going to Lambeau Field is to watch, is to get the Lambeau Field experience, and then to get to watch the Packers play. And yeah, I'm, I guess if it's you know a late season game that really means a lot, you know Packers Bears or whatever, that that's cool. But you know, a, a win is a win, and a Packer game is a Packer game. And I do agree with my colleague Gene when he says for for anybody who's like frustrated with this if you want to give up those tickets my guess is you will have no problem finding somebody that would be thrilled to take your spot on that season ticket list this is jeff wagner welcome back to jeff wagner on wtmj so very glad to have you with us we have on this program talked on various occasions about the the return of 
childhood diseases, which were essentially eradicated by vaccines. And, and lately, you've been hearing all these reports about outbreaks of measles. Already, I think this year, there's more measles outbreaks than there have been in years and years and years. And it's because various parents, or in some cases, communities, have been deciding not to have their kids vaccinated. In Wisconsin, the law is that essentially you can opt out. The law says kids are supposed to be vaccinated. But if you've got Obviously, a medical issue, your child doesn't have to be vaccinated. If you've got a religious concern, kid doesn't have to be vaccinated. And then they've got the personal preference option, which in other words is if the parents would prefer, it's not a matter of health, it's not a matter of religion, if you would just prefer that your kid not be vaccinated, you can opt out. Well, you can't do that anymore in Washington state. Yesterday, last evening, the Washington State Senate narrowly passed a bill which is going to eliminate personal or philosophical exemptions from measles, mumps, and rubella rubella vaccine. And the governor is going to sign this into law. This is going to be the first time in four years that a state has removed personal exemptions. So in other words, if it's a religious violation, yes, you can uh, opt out. Obviously, if it's a health thing, you can opt out. But merely the idea that I would prefer not to have my children vaccinated, that is no longer a legal reason not to have your kid vaccinated. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I am always uncomfortable with the government telling you what you have to do and what you don't have to do with regard to your children. All right. So I'm going to say that at the outset. That being said, I think it is so frustrating and so irresponsible. And yeah, I use the word irresponsible when parents make the decision that, well, we just don't want to have our kids vaccinated because of of whatever reason. And as a result, your kids end up getting sick. Other people end up getting sick as well. And in some cases, it, it has very, very bad consequences all right should wisconsin follow suit this happened in washington state last night and cut back on the ability of parents to opt out because right now it is extremely easy to opt out of vaccinations all you have to say is well i I just don't feel like having my kid vaccinated all right do we need to crack down on that 414-799-1620 that's the acunet mortgage talk and text line I think given the fact that you have these childhood diseases that are returning, I mean, I think as a general rule, it is irresponsible for children not to be vaccinated. And I appreciate that if it is your well-founded religious conviction, I don't think the government should force you to give that up. Clearly, if you've got a medical issue with your child, well, that that doesn't have to happen. That happens either. But beyond that, you know, that notwithstanding, yeah, I think kids should be vaccinated. 414-799-1620, and I would support legislation like this. And that's not the type of thing I would normally support because I appreciate it as government intrusion into choices. But for goodness sakes, the, these diseases are these di- diseases are coming back 
and they were in fact eradicated. And it's not just your kids that are being affected by this, but it's it's other kids and it's older people and it's folks with um, you know compromised immune systems and all. And I don't know about you, but whenever I hear about one of these stories about gee, you know, somebody who had the measles that was on an airplane and you have everybody that was on that plane and everybody who's in the airport have now potentially been exposed to it. Yeah, I, I, it scares me. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Mo in Milwaukee. Your first. Good afternoon. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. So sure. I have very strong opinions about this. I think that um, unless there is a specific uh, known danger to the person being vaccinated, such as such as an allergy, um, you should always be forced to vaccinate your kids and yourself. Right. So the the idea being that right, unless it's you wouldn't even you wouldn't even carve out a religious exception, huh? You would say unless there's a health exception. Absolutely not. No, we have a lot of precedent of no not allowing people religious freedom to hurt to harm to harm other people. Right. And this is a scenario where um, you can't claim religious freedom to avoid a vaccine and put other people in danger. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for calling. I mean, and seeing again, I'm not willing to quite go that far. Um, be, because I do think you have like the freedom of religion that you, you do have that concern. Now, I do think it's fair to say, all right, if your child's not vaccinated because of a religious concern, I think it's fair to say, all right, there's this measles outbreak going on and, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to send your kid to a public school or something like that. I, I think that's fair, but let's put aside the whole religious objection because I just don't want to get into a First Amendment battle, but I think just, Oh, you know, we we don't feel we've read some stuff on the Internet and, you know, now we understand that the pediatrician says it's okay and it's safe. I I don't think that's a good enough reason. And I guess, again, it's my perspective that you, you have these advances in medical science that have eradicated these childhood diseases, which could and I say could if people contract them cause all sorts of serious issues. I, I'll tell you, I I um I was born the year that they developed. You know, the, the vaccine that they give now, I, I have no idea what my immunity is like. But, I mean, I always kind of cringe because I will tell you something. At, at my age, I, I don't want to get the measles. And I know for people who were born the year before me, they, they say that there's an assumed natural immunity. I mean, I've never had the measles. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I probably got a vaccination at some point in time. But, you know, I'm sitting there wondering, is this still good years from years from now? 414-799-1620, Sue in West Bend. Sue, good afternoon. Hi. Hi, Sue. What do you think? Well, I think if parents don't want to get their children immunized, I guess that's their right as a parent. But I don't think that they should be allowed to let their kids attend public school and go to public places where they have the ability to spread disease to other people. Right, especially I mean, since you look at measles. You you can have the measles and be communicable for like a week or 10 days or something before anybody even knows that you have the weasels. <laughs> that, that's the scary thing. It's not like, oh, gee, everybody knows you have the measles. No, you don't break out till you've had it for 10 days. Well, and the other thing is most of these diseases were almost totally eradicated by the 70s and 80s. Right. And then all of a sudden, I'm sorry, you get all these yuppies and they don't want to have their kids immunized. And now we're back where we were in the 50s. And we're having outbreaks of measles and it it shouldn't be. I I mean, I get it. I, I have, I'm in healthcare. Some parents don't get their kids all the immunizations at once. They give them in steps. So they don't have to worry right. about 
some of the bad side effects. So, you know, sometimes you make extra trips to the doctor, but they all get their shots. Right, yeah, and, and again, and I, I understand that some parents have, like to the point you just made, concerns about the timing, is it too much, and stuff like that, and I, I just don't know enough about that to have a firm opinion one way or the other, but I'm with you, Sue. You, you gotta get the, you gotta get the shots, <laughs> you know, yeah, and if, and if, mean, you, and if you don't get not, it, you know. it's not fair to everyone else. Well, right, exactly. And thanks to call because it is so just incredibly communicable. And you know, people will say, well, if you've got the vaccine, why are you worried about it? Well, okay, first of all, there are people who can't have the vaccine. All right. So what if you're somebody who's got that compromised immune system and you're walking through the airport and it turns out that, you know, somebody that was there 20 minutes earlier hacking up a lung, you know, has the measles and and you get it. It's airborne. It's extremely contagious. Or, you know, you're on that airplane and all of a sudden the person, you know, five rows back that, you know, they've got it and they're doing that. Or, Or what about a situation where your child I don't know, again, has the measles, but it hasn't shown. And they're at the daycare, and there's a bunch of, like, small children around who are too young to be vaccinated. Nope, I, I, I'm, I'm very libertarian when it comes to, you know, government telling you what you have to do and what you don't have to do. But I, I, I think at some point in time we need to recognize that there is this greater good that is out there. And, and unfortunately that means, in the case of the vaccinations, maybe giving up some individual rights. It's 228. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. All right. All too often on this program, we talk about stores that are are failing. You know, you have the Boston stores. Long a mainstay, going out of business, you know, closing up. We, we, we don't talk a lot about stores that are expanding and being incredibly successful, especially in this, this new, new kind of market where we say, oh, the Internet's killed everything, and now people are all ordering their things, and it's killing traditional retail. And, and there is an element of that, but, 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 but. There is a huge success success story out there, and it, it's it's only getting bigger. And I want to talk about the whys with you. I am talking about Quick Trip. All right, Quick Trip right now has about seven seven hundred stores located in Wisconsin. There's four hundred stores in Wisconsin. They've got a presence in Iowa, and they've got a presence throughout Minnesota. Although they they stay, they're not in the Minneapolis area. Quick Trip over the last year or so, has come into the Madison area in a big way. I mean, they always had stores in Dane County kind of on the periphery. But what they did is they ended up buying um, the – they bought PDQ stores in Milwaukee and Madison about a year and a half ago, and they've been in the process of redoing those. So now they're branded as Quick Trip stores. So now they have a, a presence in, in Madison and you know the city of you know proper, but you've had this incredible success story that that's gone on with, with Quick Trip. They have at a time when other places have, have foundered. You have this business that started in Lacrosse that has been succeeding I- immensely, and it's growing. They've got just a ton of employees. I had the exact number right in front of me here, but you know they've got a couple thousand employees. Um, they estimate that they serve. 8 million customers per week. They employ more than 24,000 people. They have annual sales of more than 5, B as in billion. They expect to add 42 stores this year. Um, they are in, oh, on pace 
they say to add another 200 or 250 to 260 quick trip stores over the course of the next five years. So now, look, I, I understand it's not traditional retail, but what quick trip is doing is obviously working. Our number, 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think, I think Quick Trip has hit on an amazing formula. And it's, it's a formula that if other people follow it, it's something that, that translates into, you know, that you can translate into almost every business. I mean, first of all, I think the idea of being more than your typical convenience store attached to a gas station has, has worked with them. You go into a quick trip and it's not like your choice is, I don't know, a, a couple of like the, these hostess cupcakes or something that look like they've been there for a year and a half. I mean, you've got the wide variety of things. You've got the fresh products. You've got the multiple choices for your coffee. You've got the produce. You've got the meat. And it looks like it's all fresh. It doesn't look like it's been sitting around for two weeks. It's not like you walk in and you say, boy, I was here a month ago and that hot dog and that little thing looks like it's the same hot dog. So I think it's it's the ability to you know provide groceries. You could, if you wanted, you could go grocery shopping at Quick Trip. That's number one. Number two, I am always, when I go to Quick Trips, I am struck by how clean they are. Now, maybe you've had a different experience, but I, I will tell you, it, it doesn't matter where the Quick Trip is. It, it's And there's, there's look, there's nothing worse you know, than walking into one of these places and all of a sudden you feel like you're sticking on the floor or whatever. That's never, ever, ever been the case at, at Quick Trips. 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Candidly. I, I wish that there were, you know, more around. Unfortunately, I mean, there, there's a couple now quick trips in the area where I live, but they're not kind of on my way to work. I wish they had an even bigger presence in this area. I'm a huge fan. 414-799-1620. What are they doing right? Or if you want to disagree with my premise that they're doing something right, the numbers kind of belie that, but I'm willing to discuss. 414-799-1620. I think it comes down to choices, I, uh, choices and options and the fresh food, and I think it's cleanliness is a huge factor as well. Let's start with Tom in Richfield. Tom, you're first. Hello. Hi. Uh, enjoy your show. Thank you, sir. Appreciate uh, it. First of all, the, the stores, the, they've, they've found out how to do gasoline right. The stores are clean. Yep. They're well lit inside. Outside is well lit. They buy them, and there's plenty of land on them. Yep. They just bought one on one, uh, uh, Holy Hill Road. They're going to make them a giant, a giant quick trip. And just like you said, that you don't go in that store and get <laughs> sticky. The bathrooms are clean. Yep. Everything they've done, they could write a book about how to. Open gas stations and make money. Well, you know, and Tom, it, it sounds it sounds simple. Now, thanks for the call. I mean, it sounds simple and it sounds simplistic. But I mean, what are we talking about? And, and this is kind of the message for for other entrepreneurs who are, are trying to figure out how to build a better mousetrap. What are we talking? We're talking about okay, we like clean. You know, we 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 want it to be clean. Well, I mean, you know, that's something. If you're a business owner, that's something in your control. All right, yeah, yes, we're going to make a priority. 
to have this clean bathrooms. We want it to be a good experience. We want it to be clean. And, and yes, we, we want there to be like the fresh food now, and we want the different choices. And then you start bringing, you know, people in for it. 414-799-1620. Martha in Elkhorn. Martha, you're on WTMJ. Oh, yes. Um, hello. I'm Hi, so Martha. glad this is my call. I live, yes, in Elkhorn. That's Walworth County. Um, they're in Walworth County, and they're in Racine County, and it is a wonderful, wonderful franchise. Um, it's, there, are, there are maybe 10, 12, 15 things in the store that you could even get um, less expensive than a normal grocery store. That sounds crazy, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, like bananas and potatoes and tomatoes, you can <laughs> buy them for 35 cents a pound. Okay. I mean, that's and they're wonderful to their employees. They well, pay very well. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. Somebody just texted, uh, Jeff, they have employees that clearly love working for them. And that's 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 true, too. I mean, people, you know, you, you've got you've got happy employees. It's not like there's some, like, surly 22-year-old guy who's, you know, all upset that, you know, he's there and he's the one guy there. You walk in, and it's clean, it's friendly, well-lit, and you get the idea that people – if they don't like working there, they're sure giving you the. They're, they're sure good actors because they appear to all be happy working there. I'm I'm re, I'm a retired nurse, and and I am I don't like to sit still. I'm very type A, and I was going to go up there to look for a part time job because it, it is a very nice place to work. <laughs> it, it is. There's yeah. to be a people person. I mean, just for some extra pennies, you know, it's just a block away from where I live. Well, there you yeah. go. No, th- thanks for the call. 414-799-1620. Quick Trip has good coffee, so we go there. I don't think gas stations real m- how much business that they lose by by having bad coffee. Well, I'd say the same thing. That's a point. I'd say the same thing. Um, it would be true about, again, the freshness is that there's this gas station that I, I used to go to. It's not close to where I live now, so I, I don't. But I used to go there, and I... I, I was only half being funny. I mean, they'd have these hot dogs that are rolling around, you know, in, in one of these, like, heating things. And I don't know how often they change them. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe all hot dogs look alike. But but I swear, you know, it, you'd see the same, it appeared like to be the same hot dogs going over and over again. I'm thinking, I don't think I'm going to buy that. Okay, back with more of your calls in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. I'm a Quick Trip fan, and I, I really, I saw these numbers at a time when other businesses are closing or struggling. This is clearly, I mean, they're they're moving up the charts um, with a rocket. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. See, here's what I love about the Quick Trip story, and it's the bigger picture. For, for everybody who says, well, you know, you can't make it in business nowadays, or, you know, you can't compete with the Internet or things like that. I mean, you, you look at the, this company that started out of lacrosse, and you look at the growth of Quick Trip, they're, they're doing something really, really right, and they're expanding, and it's because they figured out how to take a model that's been around forever. Hey, you know, convenience stores and gas stations, and they figured out how to build that better mousetrap. And that's what what I think should be exciting for any entrepreneur that's out there. Let's talk to Tanya in West Dallas. Hi, Tanya. Hi. Thanks, Jeff, for taking my call. Sure. Um, I just wanted to say that my dad does excavating for the quick trip stores. Okay. And um, so right now they're looking at another 300 stores coming in within the next year, year and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're growing, and they're growing very, very fast which is amazing. And a lot of that is contributed to the fact that um, if, if, I, if I am correct, um, they, the employees have incentives and they have partial shares within Quick Trip. Mm-hmm. So it gives the employees a little more incentive 
to want to take care of their scars. Sure. And it does really reflect. It really reflects in the cleanliness of their stores. They're always stocked. Their coffee's always on cue. Um, and, and, the, and the personalities of their employees are is amazing. They make me smile every day. Right. Well, and, and I tell you, I mean, it sounds like a little thing, but at the end of the day, it's not. You know, the, the idea that, okay, the, the place is clean. You know, that that's that's a huge factor. The it coffee is. is fresh. All right. The, you know, they, they've got the new donuts that are there. It makes you want to pull in and pull, you know, it, it, to make filling up your tank with gas. It, it's it's a positive experience. And those are little things. I mean, you know, okay, and maybe it's it requires a commitment, but keeping the store clean, all right, if that's going to be your commitment, you, you can you can do it. You can say this is how it has to be, and it makes a big difference. Yes, yes, no. it does. I, and I mean, being a truck driver, if I walk into a a gas station of any sort and the bathrooms are dirty, yeah. get it. I oh. don't want no food from your place. I'll <laughs> well, tell you that. No, I mean, no, no, ab- no. Thanks, no, absolutely. I, you know, it's funny you should mention that. Okay, my my wife recently retired, but she spent her entire career in the hospitality industry running running restaurants and that's that's the same thing she's you know she'll say okay if the bathroom is filthy that that's it she says that you know okay we we we're just not going to eat at this place you know because that that says a lot if you don't care enough and i'm not talking about this isolated thing where there's just been an incident or something i'm talking about you know consistently if there's not this effort to keep bathrooms clean it tells you a lot about again the the rest of the restaurant and i think the same thing is true true you know when you're talking about places like quick trip here's a note jeff and we are i'm sorry i probably literally have a hundred different emails or texts on this and can't get to them all obviously my wife just started working at quick trip and the bathrooms are clean because every 30 minutes they do a bathroom check and they clean them every 30 minutes they make fresh coffee they have excellent prices inside so after you get your gas you spend more on everything they sell inside yeah that's the I mean, that, that's the idea. They've kind of taken, you know, for, for a lot of places, it was the gas station, it was the convenience store, and, and you'd go into the convenience store and they would gouge you. That's the word I'm using. I mean, you, you take, you know, the, the, the milk that they were selling, they were selling it for 75 cents more a gallon than you could buy at the grocery store, but it was the, the nature of the convenience store. Well, you know, Quick Trips decided, okay, let's be competitive. We don't have to sell it at 75 cents more. We can sell it, you know, at a market rate and we can get people in and we can still make a profit. It, it's a it, it's a great business model. It's a success story, and I think it, it's something that you know other entrepreneurs and businesses that are out there figuring out. Okay, what, what's the problem with my business or, or whatever? Look at some of the stuff they're doing, and look at the stuff that they're doing right. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Rick in New Berlin. Rick, good afternoon. Hey Jeff. What do you think? Um, yeah, you, you touch on that bathroom thing. I know a lot of people that are like that, but uh, uh, to my point. Um, you know, they have their low price leaders, um, butter, milk, mm-hmm. oranges, bananas, etc. Um, and last night we needed a pound of butter. Uh, my mom, my uh, wife was making some Easter cookies and we needed butter. Okay. So two forty nine, great price for butter. Okay. If I go into a store for butter, I buy butter, I walk out. Well, I made the mistake of sending my wife and she bought a pound of butter and some cheese filled breadsticks. And a huge smoothie, <laughs> and uh, who knows what else. And they took a, what would have essentially been a, a zero profit sale and made it into sure. six, seven dollars. Sure, exactly. So at the end of the day, 
uh, it, it comes down to money, and that's where they can afford to expand and, and, yeah. and share the profits with their employees, etc. So no, it's I, I'm, great. A, I'm a quick trip fan. Uh, just don't send your wife there. <laughs> Thanks for your, well, I mean, but that, but right, that that's it. it. It's kind of like okay, you offer the things to your example. The butter gets her in the door, all right. And then it's kind of like, oh, that smoothie looks good, or or I'm, I I want the donut. I don't know what the profit margin is on the donuts. My guess is it's pretty large. You know, you know. But so you you do all those things. You know, here's a text, Jeff. They have lower prices on milk, orange juice, and bread than grocery stores do. Now they even have fresh meat at a reasonable price. Yeah, the I will tell you, it was sometime this summer, and we were going to a cookout or something, and. We actually got, you know, pre-prepared beef patties at, at Quick Trip, you know, and it was on the way to where we were going, you know, and they used those as the hamburgers, and, and they were great. I'm sorry, just jam phone lines and lots and lots of texts, but I, again, the bigger point here isn't just go shop at Quick Trip, but it's, it's businesses are struggling in today's environment, but it doesn't have to be that way, and sometimes it's the simple stuff. Okay, a clean store, reasonable prices. The shelves restocked. Those are the types of things that that have an appeal, increase customer loyalty, and bring people back. This is Jeff Wagner. When we come back, we're going to find out what John McCure has on his mind for Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Please stick around.